I'm Pastor John Peterson. I'm Pastor Luke Ulrich. And I'm Vicar Jacob Kempfert. The Mount Olive Mankato podcast is your weekly message of peace with God through Jesus Christ. We welcome you to join us on Sundays in Mankato to experience the friendship of our congregation and Christ's love. For service times or to learn more about Mount Olive, visit us at mountolivelutheran.org. That's mtolivelutheran.org. And now it's time for your weekly message of peace with God through Jesus Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God, which we will consider this morning, is our gospel reading recorded in John's Gospel, chapter 6. There we read verses 24 through 36 in Jesus' name. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum, looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them, Amen, amen, I tell you, you are not looking for me because you saw the miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not continue to work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So they said to him, what should we do to carry out the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. Then they asked him, so what miraculous sign are you going to do that we may see it and believe you? What miraculous sign are you going to perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I tell you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said to him, give us this bread all the time. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. The one who comes to me will never be hungry, and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have also seen me, and you do not believe. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Jesus Christ, the bread of life, dear fellow redeemed. The conversation that is recorded in our text this morning took place in the city of Capernaum in Galilee. The day before this, Jesus had worked a tremendous miracle. A large crowd numbering over 5,000 men and women and children had followed Jesus and his disciples into an isolated place in the wilderness along the shore of Galilee. The people in the crowd had come to see Jesus and to hear him because they were impressed by miracles of healing he had been performing in that area. But they stayed in the place too long and became hungry with no obvious source of food nearby. Concerned for their well-being, Jesus produced a meal for 
all of them. And he did it from a supply which consisted of five barley loaves and two fish. Not only did every person in that crowd eat all they wanted, but at the end of the meal, 12 baskets full of leftovers were gathered. The people in the crowd were naturally enthusiastic about Jesus. They knew they had stumbled onto a good thing. They wanted to make him their king. And they would do this by force if they had to. Jesus understood that their interest in him was primarily an earthly sort of interest. They liked what he might keep on doing for their physical lives. But he had come to redeem their immortal souls and not simply to fill their empty stomachs. And so he withdrew from them and from their tempting adulation. And he went to the other side of the lake. And so it was in Capernaum, on the other side of the lake, the next day that they caught up with him. And when they found Jesus, he told them that they were looking for him for the wrong reasons. He said, do not continue to work for the bread that spoils but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Today, then, as we look at these words of our text, we'll consider our theme, the bread of God gives life. And we'll note these two things. First, that Jesus Christ is that bread of God, which gives us life. And then secondly, we'll consider how that bread may be consumed. We know that bread is considered to be a staple of life. A person can survive for a long time if he has nothing else but bread to eat. When the people of Israel, long before this, were wandering through the desert on their way to the promised land, they had nothing to eat and were starving. And so God fed them with manna, a special miraculous bread which fell from the sky each night. In the morning, the ground was covered with it. That special food from God sustained the people for a long time. And without it, they would have died along the way. But the problem is earthly bread or earthly food of any type can last only so long. And that earthly bread can keep the body functioning only for a prescribed limited time. In fact, no matter how well we might eat, how carefully we are with what we purchase and serve our families, the time of death comes to every person eventually. A nutritious and well-balanced diet is very important to our daily health and well-being, but there is no earthly bread, there's no meal plan which can keep a person alive forever. Now these days, as we are rightly taking every precaution in the face of the current viral crisis, we know this too, that there is no amount of quarantine, there is no test, there is no vaccine that can keep us from dying forever. In fact, the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death, the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Still, as we have to deal with such harsh truths and facts, 
We're comforted that our Lord Jesus calls himself the bread of life. He is that bread which does more than prolong a person's life. He's the creator of life. When the people in the crowd became suspicious of him and began questioning what he was saying, they reminded him of that manna which their ancestors ate in the desert, and they wanted to know if he could consistently do what they thought Moses had done for their ancestors. Could he continually feed them with the sort of meal they had enjoyed yesterday on the other side of the lake? They wanted further proof before they would begin to accept him as anything more than an earthly king or a benefactor. Jesus gave this answer. Amen, amen, I tell you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. By referring to himself this way, as the bread of God, Jesus was speaking of this, that he, the true Son of God, left behind heaven's glory in order to be born and to live here as a human being. So he is that living bread who came to give life to poor, dying sinners. In order to accomplish this, Jesus was placed under the same law we are under and which we fail to keep and which would rightly condemn us. Jesus came to save us from our sins, which could lead us only to death. Writing to the Romans, St. Paul said, For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man many will be made righteous. To make the perfect atoning sacrifice for our sins, Jesus not only lived here in our place, as true man, a life of perfect obedience, but he also died for each of us. Elsewhere, Jesus referred to this bread of life this way, it's my flesh which I will give for the sins of the world. In order to give us life instead of death, Jesus would permit himself to be manhandled and seized and put on trial and abused and tortured and condemned to die on a cross. In the city of Jerusalem, he would give himself, his own body, his own life, as the payment to God for our sins. The only one who was truly innocent would surrender his own life into death for us, the guilty ones. He would die for you and me and for our sins. And now we have this great joy and privilege that for his sake and in his name, we can tell each other, your sins are forgiven. Jesus can also say of himself, I am the bread of life because he provides eternal life to all people who otherwise would die. And remember this, Jesus promised that he would give his life for the sins of the world and that he would thereby give life to the whole world. We're in the world. He died for the world. Not one single person among us is accepted or exempted or excluded from the great blessings of his death and his rising again. If bread is going to nourish and sustain life, it has to be eaten. 
We know that. Bread that remains always wrapped up and stored in the cupboard does nothing for anyone. So Jesus, the bread of life, must be consumed. He promised, if a man eats this bread, he will live forever. How is that done? We might think that such a gift must be earned. The people in the crowd were curious and drawn to this, but they asked, what what do we have to do to get it? Jesus says, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. He said, the one who comes to me will never be hungry, and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. We can receive the benefit of Jesus Christ and his salvation, not by what we do, not by what we decide, but simply by believing in him. For he plainly teaches that it is faith in him which gives eternal life. But even this faith which partakes of Jesus Christ, consumes him, is itself a gift that God gives us. Imagine a parent feeding a baby by telling the baby, the food is in the refrigerator, be sure to help yourself, prepare the meal, then sit up to the table and enjoy it. Unable to grasp those words, unable to follow those directions, the poor baby would go hungry. So also the Bible clearly teaches that we on our own cannot come to Jesus, find him or believe in him as our personal savior. The Bible says, for it is by grace you are saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. This is the case because we are by ourselves dead in our sins by nature, and we're unable to understand or to believe what God promises us. The apostle writes in 1 Corinthians, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to us and he calls us to faith by the gospel which we hear. It's by the Spirit's invitation and his power that we're able to understand and to believe the gospel of Christ and thus to obtain God's forgiveness and the promise of heaven for Jesus' sake. Therefore, when a person is baptized or when that person hears the gospel of full forgiveness of his sins through Jesus and as that person receives the body and blood of the Lord in holy communion, they are being fed by the bread of life. Most people, of course, wouldn't think of going several weeks without eating any food. That would lead to disastrous consequences for their health and their body. And yet, sadly, there are many who are willing and who even insist upon going for that period of time, weeks or even months, without being nourished by God's word, and who even deprive their own children of that needful spiritual sustenance. When such neglect takes place, saving faith dries up and withers away without the bread of life served to us in the word and sacraments faith is lost and spiritual starvation may set in we should always appreciate 
just how our kind Heavenly Father each day provides us with the food that we need for our bodies and our lives. And we should be especially grateful these days that God provides us with safety from the deadly scourge of the pandemic through the government and its policies, however intrusive or restrictive or inconvenient we consider those directives and policies to be. We're thankful that God provides us with safety and protection through the doctors and the other health workers who risk their own health in helping us, through the researchers, and God willing, soon through the medicines uh, which uh, will be available, all meant to keep us safe as the pandemic grows and worsens. But you and I should value even more the gift of Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life. For he is that bread which has come down from heaven and has given eternal life to every believer by his own obedience and his own death on the cross and his resurrection. So let us regularly and happily eat of this bread as it is set before us. It's a banquet, even in the midst of this illness, something delicious and needful for our souls, even in the midst of the fear and the death that it brings. May God give us the grace to believe this gospel of our Lord and so live forever. In his name, amen.